0: Hello, everyone. How you doing? Welcome back to the FLA Exposure Podcast, episode 171, sponsored by our good friends Kevin and team over at m Sport Pre-Workout Coffee. I every time butcher that name, every time he does not like it, but for some reason, with my, I don't know what it is. I just can't get it. So anyway, uh, check them out online. We'll be putting their link up all through the show. They've been a great supporter of us for the past couple of years and uh, a great supporter of a lot of fighters around the world. Uh, just a very passionate guy with a, a lot of passion for mixed martial arts and, and they make a great product. So check them out. Um, let's get right into it here today. We've got a fantastic episode. Uh, a very, very talented fighter out of the UK, um, Mr. Josh Neal, uh, represented uh, from the same team under Kevin. Uh, he's fought all over the world, uh, man, a, a, lo- a lot of fights, 11 and 7 as an amateur. Is uh, going to be making the, the step to pro here in the near future. Uh, you never know where um but hopefully uh in the next i don't know six months or so you're going to see him back in the cage this guy like i said competed all over the world the world amateurs and and has done very very well so very talented off his back and a great exciting fighter all around so let's bring him on mr josh neal hello how you doing good man how you doing thanks for joining us
1: pleasure to be here pleasure to be here
0: yeah man how's uh obviously uh Thanks for, uh, there's a couple of different time changes we had there, so, and obviously you're in a four-hour time difference ahead of me, so I appreciate the patience. How's things on your end?
1: Yeah, things are all good. It's just a lovely, grey, rainy day in England, <laughs> so pretty much it could be September, October or March. <laughs> well, uh, you know what, man? Uh, Some days I'm like,
0: it's. we got about, I don't know, maybe 30 centimeters of snow here and it's still snowing and it's just like the weather you know weather definitely affects your attitude you know how do you oh, do
1: it I, like you guys don't get a, you get a lot of that kind of weather yeah it's one of the massive things that i noticed when i was over in thailand for a bit was you wake up and you feel so much better mm. you your body feels looser your mind feels a lot more clear and here trying to get up to and yourself to go for a run or even just get out of bed and seeing that is cold and miserable is, is a struggle sometimes yeah I, definitely a struggle
0: I, I agree it's it's hard like that sun that vitamin d you know it's, it's super important to you know and if it's definitely you know i worked on cruise ships for a long time and i was just down south for for a week and it's it's like you say when you're in that sun it just gives you those positive whether it's a serotonin oh, or what it is it just makes you feel better to go after
1: it right so well, we are currently we are currently buzzing because it's still light at seven o'clock in the evening.
0: So it's a
1: good. It's, it's getting good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's big uh, news it's, in England, that is. <laughs>
0: it's like a resurgence, eh? Like, you kind of, like, it's <laughs> yeah. the spring. Yeah. Well, let's get into it, uh Josh. Obviously, it's called the uh, Fight the Atlantic Exposure Podcast, and it's it's you know, it's it's to expose the world of why, you know, like so many athletes from many different backgrounds compete in our sport and how they kind of get into it and why they stuck with it and chose it as a profession, like you have. Um, how did you
1: get into to combat sports like from a young age, I assume? I started combat sports when I was 16 um, and I started it simply because the football team I was playing for collapsed and it was no longer going. I wanted to do some form of uh, combat sport, but didn't know what I wanted to do. And I stumbled upon this one gym I was looking at, I stumbled upon MMA. And I was like, well, if I can't think of which one I want to do, I might as well just do all of them. And so, yeah, that's just what I did. Yeah. I just went, me and my mate signed up, went down there. And that's pretty much been my life ever since.
0: The rest is history. Yeah, yeah, so you're a, you're another product of the environment of you know mixed martial arts from a young age, right? And it makes a huge, huge difference. Like a guy like me who started when I was 27 compared to someone who was 16. It's it's amazing to see. Like you know, I go to the gym now, and you know, you get these kids who are 18, 19 years old who are, mm. you know, and I'm 42 now, and it's just it's amazing to feel the difference, right? It's it's great to see. Oh yeah. That.
1: Well, it's, it's uh, one of the good things the IMAF are currently doing is they've got their cadet program as well. I I think it's cadets, I can't remember off the top of my head, where well, they're competing at like eleven years old. And obviously it's rules ma rules to match their age and stuff like that. Yeah. But they've got a chance to represent their country and compete against the best people in the world. Yeah. Um <laughs> or, well, compete. Um, all over the world against different countries. Go to the world championships uh, in Bahrain normally, or somewhere in that area. So, yeah, a lot of these, a lot of these kids. Well, I say kids. You've got uh, people now who are Michael Galvao in Jiu-Jitsu, who's <laughs> destroyed everything, and I'm pretty sure he's like seven.
0: Yeah, he's like I saw he was calling out Mo Jassim there they're trying to get on the Brazil yeah. trials. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. He destroyed the last trials. Just it is crazy. It is, but you know, you're not too old yourself, Josh. You're the prime of your career. You know, uh, yeah, uh, with a lot of experience uh, under your belt. And like, let's get back to that. You're talking to the IMAF uh, World Championships. You've competed in them quite, a, quite a, quite a few times, uh, all over the world. For anybody who has isn't aware, uh, it's long story short, it's a World Championships of the amateur uh, ranks. Yeah um from athletes from all over the world like you were speaking about how was the experience there for you
1: oh it was um it was uh eye-opening to be honest um for both good and bad reasons obviously like the level of competition in other countries but also the gets rid of some of the uh preconceived notions of some of the other countries so like for example um I competed against at the World Championships, I beat uh an American in the first round and a Canadian in the second round. And we were there like, oh, it's gonna be wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. But they were standing up boxing and you're like yeah. okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. Um and then vice versa about the English, they go in, oh, English going up English just gonna try and box and mm-hmm. they found out that our jiu jitsu seems pretty good. So a lot of these times you're getting a very Yeah, you're just opening your mind to not everything you see, like, not everything you see in the UFC of where they're from, et cetera, et cetera, dictates their style.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Well, man, it's everything like life experience, like going there in those preconceived notions, but feeling those people from those other countries and feeling their style and and the the strengths and weaknesses, you know, and that comes from somewhere, you know, the experience of that country. It comes, you know, I guess a trickle, there's a trickle-down effect to some point. But everybody's so well-rounded uh, at every
1: level now. It's pretty yeah. it's, it's scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's crazy seeing some of these people and you're like, you may do a brief look-up on some of them and you'll see that they're jiu brown belts, um, amateur boxing champions, and judo black belts and you're like, okay, cool. You're, <laughs> at the amateur yeah, second yeah, fighter. Yeah you're, you're yeah, you're 20 and you're a champion in everything. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that is, so is that something you normally do like you know, coming from a guy with the, you know 20 fights uh almost like is that something you normally do look up your
1: opponents at all or you just now you focus on yourself? I used to. I used to do it a lot. I used to look at um look at them a lot, but then I remember there's one fight in particular I I knew he's coming from a a good gym and I was still in a very small gym. Um and I like got into my head. I like massively overhyped in my head. I ended up guillotining them in like a minute, I think. Um but the whole way through that I was nervous and scared and yeah, I was just sort of like on edge the whole time. Now I just let my let my coach have a little look and he'll yeah. go, Okay, cool. He's good, to stand up. All right, cool. We'll take him down. He's really good on the ground. Okay, cool. I'll make sure I'm better, and then I'll punch him in the face. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's I had, it. Uh, my very first coach yeah. gave me some great advice for mixed martial arts. He said to me, there is no situation where you can't punch him in the face. I went, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's good advice. <laughs> There's a lot of people who yeah. uh, uh, do you notice the difference. Obviously, congratulations on your recent promotion to Black Belt. Uh, yeah. Thanks that- very much. Awesome. I love seeing that kind of stuff, man. Lifelong people. I was trained my whole life. Well, since 27 to 40, so 15 years, I guess. But it's an amazing thing when you see other people reach those goals, man. And, and, uh, you know, it's a a high level. So you should be very proud of yourself, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Do you you notice uh, any difference between, like, it's kind of going back to what you are just talking about. uh, Do you notice any big difference between jiu-jitsu guys and MMA guys at all?
1: A lot of it tends to be the intensity and the pressure. Yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, I'll broad stroke this. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu guys in general will be happy to give up position. Yeah. They'll be like, okay, cool. I'll just let them take me down. I'll give up my. Um. I'll get, let them sweep me because I'll retain guard. MMA guys, you're not going down. You're getting back up to your feet. You're not going to accept guard, etc., etc. Um. And Tends to be they're more heavier based. So yeah. like when you're, if someone's in your, so for example, I'll train with um Sam Creasy, who's the current Cage Warriors Flyweight Champion. Yeah. And if he's in my guard, most people I can unbalance them and set up some sweeps and subs. I'll try that with Sam, and it's like I've got a pillar in between my legs, and yeah. he just doesn't move. And yeah. every time I try to move him, he punches me in the face. <laughs>
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah that's a that's a very good explanation man that was a great broad stroke explanation because it's true like i'm, I'm not an mma guy but you know i've trained with lots of mma guys and i still like chris colitis is a guy that you know randomly you train with he's a flyweight he can compete in the ufc and m1 and stuff and a, a lot of people you know randomly are like oh you know how are the, like people outside the sport they say how are the smaller guys you know and i'm like awful if you want to know the truth mm-hmm. they're the worst they're the toughest in my, I don't know what it is, but like you say that pressure, the a proper yeah. cross face or a pro, proper pressure. And it's, do you think like somebody who's competing in, in jujitsu, like to get a black belt and like, I'm, I'm a black belt, but I've never fought MMA, but it's, it's, it's kind of like the sports changing so quick. And I, I kind of wonder if you should almost have to like go through a fight camp to be a black belt at this point now for that reason. So, you, so you don't accept those positions.
1: Well, Funnily enough, I was actually um, talking to Sam about um, stuff like that. And he says that there is a stark difference between high-level jiu-jitsu black belts and MMA guys who happen to be black belts. Um, We were saying that the MMA guys who are black belts, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say that they're not legitimate black belts, but they are very good at an armbar. A Kimura, a guillotine, and they're very good at defending those. Mm-hmm. But you throw up a uh, barrengolo and uh, yeah, who's a what's it, whatever it's called nowadays, and they haven't got a clue because they don't need it. It's unnecessary to them. As long as they can partial guard, hold position, and either strike or submit you. For example, my coach Max, um, very high level jiu-jitsu. Mm. I'll be in half guard. On top, holding the person down. They're not doing anything, and he's screaming at me to pass guard. And say to him why. I, yeah. I don't need to pass guard. I can yeah. hold him here. He's not moving. Yeah. I'm just going to elbow him in the face. So it's a different yeah. thought behind why you're grappling.
0: Yeah, that, that, that makes that, sense. That, no, it's very true, right? Like it, it's it's kind of that, like you know, do you have to go through a fight camp? But it's like, what? Why should like you know, it's a it's a different yeah. it's realistically a different sport altogether, really. It's if you can break it down to no geeky, like the old argument that people always have, right? But yeah, I guess yeah. that's that's a great way to put it. It's just a, basically a different sport altogether, right? So sit inside control. the other
1: the other major difference is there's very few MMA hobbyists. Yeah. MMA is <laughs> something you can play. Yeah, that's true. You have you're getting punched in the face, you're getting, you have to do your wrestling, your jiu-jitsu, your Muay Thai. That's three days a week. Yeah. Most people can't, don't even train three days a week, let alone.
0: Three times a day.
1: Um. Yeah. So, <laughs> those guys tend then are going to be taking it more seriously. Not saying that the hobbyists don't take it seriously, but they're happy just to get their exercise in, learn a couple of techniques, do a bit of sparring and go home. As the MMA yeah. guys that's not enough for them.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's, that's what takes you to that highest level, too, right? Like that drive and that, that, uh, you know, it's, I, I, I watched a thing about Colby today and, you know, that's an interesting fight coming up this weekend, Maswell yeah. and Huntington. And he was saying this, he's like, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, what was he saying? I'm, uh, you know, I'm not out there drinking. I'm, I'm really dedicated. Whereas Maswell is out there partying, kind of playing that role, right? And, and it's just, you can't get to, like, even your level, like, you're competing at the World Amateur, like, you have to be super dedicated, man, to, in, not every, like, people think, like, you have to be picked and selected to go to those championships, it's not like a, yeah. You know, like, so it's a big, big deal, man, um, so, yeah, there's definitely a big difference, like, I'm a hobbyist guy, I don't compete too much anymore, like, but, you know I, I definitely appreciate and respect the difference for anybody that gets in there especially as a guy who promotes the fight right it's kind of yeah kind of important you know like I, i'm a big believer in myself and my business partner john we're both black belts and jiu-jitsu we both put lots of time in the mats and i think that's important if you're out there promoting the sport i i, I truly believe that you got to get out not everybody but you know it's important for sure oh yeah yeah, yeah. um i want to ask about the scene over in the uk obviously you're, so you're in banbury uh which is right in the dead center of the country,
1: correct? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Great access to a lot of gyms there? or? Uh, yes and no. That depends on time because, again, you've got to work, you got to live. So we've got good gyms in Birmingham with Renegade where Tom Breeze and that trains out of. Yep. We have Fearless as well where um, former Cage Warriors champ and – Just signed to the UFC. Um, I've actually just completely forgotten his name now. But anyway, he trains out of a gym in Fearless. The smaller? Yeah, smaller flyweight. Jake Hadley. Jake Hadley, yeah. He trains out of there. Um, We have a gym in not far from me where I go and do my sparring sometimes where we have a couple of – we have Sam Creasy, Jordan Beschenik train out of there. And then there's London. Um, The big scene up at the minute is up north. That's where a lot of gyms are. Interesting. Um, yeah. Um, up north is quite a big scene. That's where a lot of the good shows are. And that's where a lot of the very good gyms are as well. Obviously, you've got your handful of gyms down south. Yeah. But an issue we get, especially around my area, is there's a lot of the good guys because there's not many of them, especially small guys, trained together. Yeah. So you'll have like a group of sparring and you'll get asked on a show, Oh, do you want to fight this guy? <laughs> but you literally just sparring with him two days ago. Yeah. So it, it gets a little bit difficult. Yeah,
0: that is very very difficult. Had, I know you've had a couple fights uh, cancelled, and the, the last couple fights cancelled. Am I correct? Um.
1: Yeah. So I was my last fight. Um. I actually I'm missed weight by a kilo. Um. I just completely messed up the mess up, didn't respect the, the weight cut, it was a heavier weight to what I normally fight Fight at, and I just I just messed up the routine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fight before that got canceled due to injury, injury, I lost feeling in my hand. So uh, my coach didn't let me fight because I couldn't feel anything in my hand, funnily enough. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry? Was it your neck? Um, yeah, yeah, I think so, I think I just sort of trapped a nerve. And it sorted itself. It sorted itself out, but until I got it signed off by the doctor and that, he did not want me yeah. fighting. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, just looking to get back. Just looking for uh, a fight at the minute. It's just difficult to try and find one that suits your times and stuff yeah. like that. Because one of the things a lot of people forget is. It's not like fighting isn't a lot like most professional sports. You start off and you're not making money, you're having to work a full time job as well as train, which is a full time job.
0: Yeah,
1: so trying to find something that fits in around everything you do can be challenging. But as long as you've got a good team behind you, um, like you're talking, Kevin, uh, Kev with Envisage, yeah. um, not Envisage, uh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. He um, he's a he's a, he's a real good guy. Um, he is. I can give Kev a call and he can help focus and help me prioritize what what um what I need to do when I need to be doing it, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: That's how important is that you
1: know ha- having
0: those team like that's what I noticed a lot like you know in, in our scene we're a smaller scene out here it, it's been it's been quite big and and small you know up and down like a lot of scenes right consistency is is not easy in this sport um but i don't know it's it's just i find uh having giving these opportunities i should how am i trying to word this opportunities for fighters like they don't come up often it's very hard for an amateur or a pro, like the UFC is one thing. You know, you you might be fighting one, you know, or well, any big pro organization. But that's what I really like about the PFL is where it's guaranteed. You you have a certain amount of fights. Oh, you know, you're making twenty five grand. Like I know, like I won't mention names, but I know one guy who was fighting there, and now he's over in Bellator. But he was guaranteed twenty five thousand to fight, and he was guaranteed four fights a year. That's that's yes. that's that's life changing money for a lot of people. Hundred thousand US. To when you're coming from waiting tables or whatever it is to try to make it in the sport, right? So, I think we need to get to that level, man. And like, what do you think about the whole Jake Paul situation? Like, he's been quiet down, but I kind of, I kind of support him. Like, even though it's for his own good.
1: Yes, yeah, you know that one. I've I've had a couple of people talk to me. I can't help but to respect him. Yeah. Um, the way he goes around things is a little bit, a little bit too WWE for my liking, but. He actually gets in the ring and fights. He's yeah. not like most people where he's like, oh, yeah, I'll um, I'll fight. I'll do whatever when they're not going to do anything. <laughs> um, and regardless, some people think he was a fake. Some people think whatever. But he fought Tyrone Woodley. He was a world champion. Um, yeah. That by itself, like both of the Poole brothers, one fought Tyrone Woodley, one fought Floyd Mayweather. Now, whatever the conspiracy theories are behind them, they're whatever. Just to get in the ring with them, yeah, yeah. A That's... lot of people would crumble in the locker room.
0: Oh man, I, I, you know people like, in, yeah, like Tyrone, like, oh, he has no boxing. He's not man. It's like this guy has competed in the UFC at, at the highest, highest level, level ever. Yeah. Like you, you yeah. think he's never done sparring boxing rounds? Like, come on, yeah. Don't, like he's game... fight
1: against, yeah, he's fight against Ben Askren. Cool, Ben Askren. He's, I don't think he's ever knocked anyone out like from standing. No. Um. So you're like, all right, cool, whatever, no one cares. But to fight Tyron Woodley, who is known for knocking people out badly as well, yep. um, you can't help but respect that.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's uh, I I hope something gets done with it. I, you know, I don't want to say anything too, too. but I think you know people need to get paid properly, man. It's period. Like yeah. Period. he also,
1: he also has that. Um, he also has that money behind him and no real attachments to the sport where he can call out people and say, look why are you guys getting paid.
0: That's a big thing too, like as we both know, you know, in this sport or in life in general, right? Like sometimes you got to answer to the the person above you, right? And sometimes what you say has repercussions. And and when you're that powerful and and kind of you know walk to the beat of your own drum, it's it's impressive, right? And and they're just they're 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 young, they're young, smart, you know, and these these internet personalities like they're they're smart. Like the USC's got the numbers
1: there they are forced to be reckoned with.
0: Definitely are. And
1: again, like um Colby's are saying about massive alcohol drinking and all of that lot. How much of that is actually real, you don't know. It's part of the act. The same That's as it. Colby's um Colby's act. It's Yeah. Everyone's gotta find their gimmick. Um I was talking to someone the other day and I say this is full contact M- MMA and the UFC has turned into full contact WWE. <laughs> yeah yeah it's what? how do you feel about that like for me as like as a
0: promoter, like to be completely honest, and I know both like John may be a little bit more about it, but myself like i I like the respect, man, like I get it like you want to talk trash and sell a little bit, but like to me like i like the I like to just go in there give it a great fight and come out and shake hands and have a beer afterwards like to me that's a
1: but I get it see now on um... – I'm the same as that. I understand both sides. So one of the thing reasons why it's hard to get fights in the UK um, amateur is they'll promote to say to you, okay, you need if you're going to fight, you need to you have to sell 30 VIP tickets or whatever. What? That would, that would be that's a going thing that in your contract it will be you have to sell 25, 30 tickets. Otherwise you, you're not fighting. Or the tickets you don't sell will come out of your purse. That's just a common thing that happens in the UK. Um, amateur too, and no, no, not so. Not really for amateur. Um, mm. Mainly for they'll. As a promoter, you'll understand it if you've got a guy that's only going to sell two tickets and a guy that's going to sell two hundred. You know who you're going to bring onto the card.
0: Exactly. But
1: that guy with two tickets could actually be a hell of a lot better fighter. Yeah, yeah, and,
0: um, yeah. I know what you're saying there.
1: Yeah so what you were saying actually happened so when i fought in japan we was fighting on um the it was a show called rings and it was the outsider show and they wanted like edgier type people and stuff like that we were supposed to be fighting team japan and we had to do these interviews and stuff and we was all of us were being super respectful we like we're here in the home of martial arts etc etc um, and the woman, a uh, translator woman, said to us afterwards, "They went, oh, we just want you to, like, here's a picture of him. What do you think of him? And like, we want you to throw shade at the guy. We want you to <laughs> go a little bit crazy." And all of us were like, uh, not quite sure what to do here. One <laughs> of the guys and took the phone and just started laying into him. But yeah, and most of us were like, um, we're just here to fight and compete. But yeah, I didn't know we had to start roasting the guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like you know, I get again at different levels. I get it. You know, it's entertainment, and like uh, to Matthew's comment, using fighters to sell tickets is a little offside. It is, but it's it, it's the it's the business you're in. You know, the fighters yeah. are the product, so it's it's a known thing between fighters and promoters, and in this business, that's how it works. Most fighters actually want to sell tickets.
1: Um, oh yeah. I don't think. Yeah, you, like, you... Sorry, go ahead. Um, like I, w- I want to sell tickets because you're getting your name out there more, you'll get commission on the tickets, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. The issue is, like I said, uh, if you're doing your pro debut, the odds you're working a full time job, you're training, which is a full time job. Do you want to be a full time job as a ticket salesman? Yeah, like there's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, which again is at these early stages, it's good to have someone in your corner, such as Kev, who can help with that it can take a little bit of the load off and helps you focus on winning which will then sell more tickets afterwards Exactly. but some people just want the tickets right up front and then you miss a training session because you're literally running around delivering tickets which is i've done that before you have to drive around delivering tickets to people yeah those days
0: got to be gone like we our tickets are all online like we don't there's no those days got to be gone like fighters chasing around money and stuff and so I'm trying to hand in cash before weigh ins and stuff it's just insane fighters got to focus on the fight in my opinion in our opinion yeah. you know it's not your job to, it's your job to sell tickets like if you want to say something about in my, in our opinion the job is to go out there and fight and and put on a good performance like you said which will then sell more tickets but going back to what you said too like it's opportunity whether some promotions whether they have the person who sells 200 tickets versus the one who sells two those people who sell two tickets you need them in there too because you're it's if you just keep doing those same people over and over again it's your it becomes stale yeah it really is yeah yeah and develop.
1: Yeah, and like I said, I I a hundred percent when the promoters are saying like we need you to sell tickets. I get that. Yeah. Um, but I also want to put on the best show possible. Like, is it worth me selling thirty tickets or me getting a highlight reel flying knee finish or something like that? Yeah. What's gonna work out better?
0: Exactly. The highlight reel video, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah so uh well, well just uh, a couple questions for you before we go yep. uh, again i want anybody to just join us this is uh josh neal from the uk banbury martial arts uh, a very talented uh, fighter who's going to be making his pro debut and probably in the next uh, we don't know when but soon he's got uh some stuff he's hopefully getting- hopefully what's that sorry i said hopefully soon Nice. You still compete in a lot of jujitsu tournaments. Obviously, you said back in the day the, the jujitsu scene is incredible from all the sub-only shows to the to a yeah. lot of the tournaments and stuff. It's really blowing up over there.
1: Um yeah, I'm uh competing in a show not too long ago. Um it's just trying to fit them in. Yeah. Um it's just trying to fit them in really. Um which ones you're gonna do, not gonna do, et cetera, et cetera. So um I do jujitsu shows as and when I can. Um, as I just got my black belt, I plan to do a couple more. Um, the goal is to try and compete on like Polaris in the UK. Wow. Matthew, um, bendy, give this man a shot. <laughs> um, but yeah, the issue is, is sometimes it's hard to get recognised by winning competitions because there's not people in your weight class to compete against. So sometimes that's an issue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you just got. Yeah, it's what it is. You just go out there and try and do a great performance. Yeah, and that's, that's what I try and do every time. You try and I, I don't like being boring. So I'd no, you not know by your fight, Try yeah. some dumb imanari role, than just lay on top of someone.
0: Yeah, listen. I've sat there. There's a picture on our website, uh, on our about us. Page and the, my business partner, that's a picture he put up of me. And it's me like screaming with a headset on at the top of my lungs. And it's we did a submission only event back in like I don't know, it was like 2016. And the main event was Tom De Blast versus Joao cease Yeah, yeah, the number one in the world at the time. And Tom De Blast was challenging And it cost us a lot of money and caused me a lot of gray hair because it was <laughs> so boring, so boring. You know. Just because they laid on one, and I'm not saying like they're both world champion, talented people. Yeah. When I you meet mean, each, each have that level, you know, they neutralize one another, and, and it just. Oh yeah. You know, and that happened a lot. But you know, you find black belts at the same level and the same size. It's gonna happen. So yeah, it's it's. I know what you're saying, man. Your fights are super exciting, and.
1: Yeah, I'd 100% rather lose a really exciting fight of the night style fight than win a snooze fest that no one cares about yeah it's true yeah it goes well up. look at the likes of obviously ufc is a completely different level but look at jorge masvidal yeah he loses and he's still in the main event for the next fight yeah yeah losing so, badly too yeah man. mma and mma is not like boxing no you get one loss in your record in boxing you're kind of done yeah. You get five losses as long as they were crazy fights. No one cares. No. The Diaz like brothers. Team, right. You were still tune in. Yeah. Man, I, I take
0: it's funny because I have this another conversation I have with a lot of people too is like now, like the UFC, the product is so good and consistent, right? It's so consistent that most people too, like who are fans, they don't care who's fighting.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Like
0: the product is so clean now that like these people coming in, like yourself, who, like are, you know one or two fights pro off a contender series or whatever already looks so polished and clean fighting the product yep. looks so good man it doesn't matter like you know obviously it's great to have stars in there but the ufc's done such a good job of making the product look so good that you know whoever's in there for the most part looks good too
1: so oh 100 percent. like i'm not gonna lie half the time i have no idea he's on a card i just mm-hmm watch it anyway
0: yeah the the and that's the thing most fans are going to do that you know the other the days of people buying the pay-per-view and going to their buddy's house and being like oh man you know i think they they have yeah. for big fights, but i don't i don't know if they happen as much as they used to so oh, uh, for- it,
1: there's a show every every month was it like twice a month or something stupid so no. yeah it doesn't happen anymore no exactly yeah that's right it
0: was like maybe every month or something like that at that point so now it's like every before the pandemic Every week, yeah. it's a great week. It's like yeah, it's crazy. Contender series and ultimate fighter and then a fight on the weekend is mm. it's good though and that's you know but now we just got to get people paid more. So um oh, 100%. Couple of my final questions that I was supposed to get to about 10 minutes ago. Sorry to hold you up, Josh. Uh goals. Right. Goals in the sport for you. Uh what what's the future hold for for
1: you, sir? Um my goals are pretty set my goals are pretty short term at the minute. I need to get that pro debut. Um, I want to try and get on a good grappling show as well in the UK. And they really are my main two goals. Nice. I'm not looking past those goals at the minute. I want to try and get on like a legit, like not necessarily a Polaris because they are like the top in the UK at the minute,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: get on a good show with some other good names. A grapple. Well, Grapplefest again, is a very good show in the UK. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that pro debut is something I need to get done. That nice. has to get done basically. And what? then get on a good grappling show as well. They're they're the two main goals. And although they seem very short term, that's what I'm focusing on
0: smart. right now. Well, that's very smart. You know, keep it short term, keep it, you know, decisive in what you're focusing on, I guess. And that's that's very smart. Man, a lot of people, you know, they have so many, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They I'm gonna be a world champion. It's like just relax. Yeah one day at a time, you know, enjoy the process, yep. but um, mentors, inside and outside the sport, um, obviously you mentioned Kev a lot, Kevin's been great to us too and envisage and and Visage has <laughs> been very good uh, and there, obviously he supports a lot of great fighters, but him anyone else that you want to give a shout out to?
1: So yeah obviously like you said, just said, Kev, he's real good at uh ask me, why do I need to do stuff to, and so I can see what's obvious in front of me? Um, the two main people that I still talk to now, they're my first coaches, a uh, lady named Nick Rodis and a guy called Luke Hutchinson. They were the first, who got, the first two people that got me and teaching me MMA. Um, mm-hmm. I still go to them now for advice and help. Um, they wow. will always be my coaches, even though they've retired now, they're still my coaches. Um, Love that. Stu Downer, Bamboo Martial Arts, he's helped me out a lot. <clears throat> and then Max Campos, who's my jiu-jitsu coach over in uh, Checkmate Oxford. Um, yeah, they've all, all of them helped shape me in one way or another. Um, and then there are other guys I bumped into along the way, such as Sam Creasy, um, who's helped. Yeah, he's almost helped. For a time, I didn't have a coach, and he was almost my coach, in a sense, uh, helped me out with advice and stuff like that. <clears throat> um but yeah, they're uh, they're they're probably the people that have like helped mold me the most so far.
0: Nice, nice. So far, I like that. That's that's key, man, because it's you know the door no, never closes, right? For sure. 100
1: percent. There's there's other people that have helped me, and I'm sure I'm gonna bump into them somewhere along the line again, and some people I haven't even met yet.
0: Yeah, that's it, man. Well, you have a fantastic attitude, Josh, and you seem like a, a, a wonderful guy, man. So we wish you all the best in your career, and hopefully. If it's, you know, down the line, if we can get you on a show before you make it to the big leagues, we will try. But uh, anything we can do, man, on the, on the back end, by all means, reach out and let us know. And if we can help facilitate something in Canada, we'd love to. Because Kevin, uh, the brand is very close to us and like family, man. So I appreciate you uh, coming on.
1: Yeah, I, pl- I plan on having a little trip to Canada sometime soon. It's on my bucket list. Um, mm-hmm. So if there is anybody who wants to say hello, then... I appreciate that. All right, perfect. You know, if we can line anything up, like
0: seminars or anything, like when you're over, here, you just let me know, man. Obviously, yeah. the, the coast. we're on the opposite coast of Stuart. So we'll, we'll we'll talk about what we spoke about before trying to get you you Hulk and him all on a show together. That would be a lot of fun. Oh, so. yeah,
1: that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome.
0: Okay, yeah. Awesome, man. Will Brilliant. you have a rest of your night? Thanks for taking the time to do this, man. I know it's a little bit uh, thank you for the opportunity. Thank awesome. you for the
1: opportunity. Right,
0: have a great cheers. day, man. There you have it, folks. Yeah, be too. Awesome fantastic guy uh lots of experience lots of talent great personality you know ladies give that man a call matthew banyan Benyon, give him a call get this guy on a show grapple fest you just had a great show last weekend give this guy a call everybody give him a call give him an opportunity it's super important to get these people opportunities that are wanting them um we'll be back next week next wednesday with another episode my apologies i'm a little tired today i just got off a 24-hour shift. I look like a big bag of rotten potatoes, but we got to get it done. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. Make sure you tune in next weekend for our submission Kumite 4. 32 men and 8 women are going to break it down uh, pay-per-view March 12th for the Kumite Championship before we get to Fight League Atlantic 3 on April 30th. Some big events on the coming up. Six events this year, so we're super excited about it. Let's get back to business. Have a great day, folks. Lots of love. Be good to one another. Super important. Be kind. See you soon.